Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Daily Gospel Exegesis podcast. As always, our task today is to look at the gospel reading from today's Mass and to really dive into it, to try and understand the literal sense of Scripture. What does it mean on the most fundamental level? We always want to start there as Catholics, and that's our goal in this podcast, to help you work out what it meant in its original context. Today, we're looking at Luke chapter 7, verse 18b to verse 23. John, summoning two of his disciples, sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or must we wait for someone else? When the men reached Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or have we to wait for someone else? It was just then that he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and of evil spirits, and he gave the gift of sight to many who were blind. Then he gave the messengers their answer. Go back and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind see again, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised to life, the good news is proclaimed to the poor, and happy is the man who does not lose faith in me. An interesting reading we have today. We have John the Baptist doubting whether Jesus is the Messiah, and he sends his own disciples to investigate and to confirm whether Jesus is the Messiah. And it raises some interesting questions here, so let's dive into it. What's the context? Well, at this point in Luke chapter 7, Jesus has been doing various healings all around Galilee, and he's been raising the dead even. In the passage just before this, he's raised a dead person. And if you want to hear the part that comes just before this, you can hear that on Tuesday of week 24 in ordinary time. So by now, word is spreading about Jesus all across Israel. He's becoming quite famous. So today's reading starts at halfway through verse 18, verse 18b, but we're going we're gonna to do the, all of verse 18 to help it make a bit more sense. So verse 18 of Luke chapter 7 says, The disciples of John told him of all of these things. So word spreads about Jesus. Eventually, the disciples of John the Baptist hear about it. John the Baptist has his own followers, as we know from earlier in the Gospels. Now, by this point, John the Baptist is in prison, and there's other parts of the Gospels which tell us why John is in prison. But at this point, when Jesus is doing ministry in Galilee, John is in prison, and he can't come and investigate the claims for himself. So, John the Baptist's disciples report to John, and they tell him all these things that Jesus is doing. Verse 19, John, summoning two of his disciples, sent them to the Lord. So John the Baptist finds this news really interesting about what Jesus is doing, and he sends two of his disciples to go and and check it out. This probably, the journey from where John is to where Jesus is in Galilee probably takes a few days. It's not just a short journey. It probably took a little while for the disciples to get up there to conduct their investigation. And this is what he wants them to ask Jesus. Are you the one who is to come? Now, that there, that phrase, the one who is to come, that's a reference to the Messiah. All Jews were looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. John the Baptist knows that he himself is the forerunner of the Messiah. John the Baptist knows that his job is to prepare people for the Messiah. So it's natural that he is wondering, is this Jesus guy the Messiah? Is this the one that I was preparing everyone for? But he phrases it this way, are you the one who is to come or must we wait for someone else? Or you can translate this, or shall we look for another? Now, this puzzles a lot of people when we read the Gospels, because remember earlier in the Gospels, John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And in fact, in the Gospel of John, 
He literally points at Jesus and says, this is the Messiah. He makes it very clear that he believes Jesus to be the Messiah. So early on, John the Baptist is quite confident that Jesus is the Messiah, and he actually baptizes Jesus for that reason. What's going on now then? It appears that John the Baptist is doubting he's changed his mind about Jesus, or he's not sure whether Jesus is the Messiah. Let's keep a few things in mind here. Firstly, it's probably a couple of years since John has baptized Jesus. It's been a little while since then. And also, John is in prison, so he's probably quite discouraged about the whole situation. As we'll see in the next couple of verses, the discouragement aspect does seem to be coming through here. Probably the main reason why John the Baptist is struggling to keep believing that Jesus is the Messiah, it seems that John the Baptist, like pretty much all other Jews at this time, had certain expectations of what they thought the Messiah would be like. And in particular, most Jews thought that the Messiah, based on certain passages in the Old Testament, would be a grand military figure whose primary work would be wiping out the unbelievers, freeing the Jews from the Romans, and doing a lot of political activity. That's what they thought the Messiah would be like. And John the Baptist is hearing about things that Jesus is doing, and Jesus doesn't appear to be fitting the bill of what he expects the Messiah to be. So Jesus is not doing any military activity. He's not moving towards Jerusalem, apparently, which is where the Messiah is supposed to go. He's supposed to go to Jerusalem, but Jesus is spending most of his time around Galilee. So John the Baptist is confused. The idea he has of what the Messiah is like is not matching the reports he's hearing about Jesus. This tells us that John the Baptist doesn't know everything. He has mistaken ideas about Jesus, just as everyone else does. John certainly was given some revelations from the Holy Spirit about his own role, and that early on, he was told some other things about Jesus being the Messiah. But the Holy Spirit didn't tell John the Baptist everything about what it means to say that Jesus is the Messiah. There's some things that John the Baptist had false ideas about, and that had to be corrected, even though John the Baptist is the greatest of the prophets. In fact, that's the very next thing Jesus says. He's the greatest person ever born. So if even John the Baptist can have false ideas about the Messiah, even though he's inspired by the Spirit and is the direct forerunner of the Messiah, we should be careful as well that we don't become too certain in our own ideas of how God works necessarily. So John at this point is basically looking for reassurance. He probably still suspects that Jesus might be the Messiah, but he's not entirely sure, so he's looking for reassurance. Verse 20, when the men reached Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, are you the one who is to come, or have we to wait for someone else? And then verse 21 says, it was just then, or a better translation, there will be in that hour, that he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and of evil spirits, and gave the gift of sight to many who were blind. So Luke here lists a series of things that Jesus has been doing in the previous chapters. He's been curing people of diseases and afflictions, and that can be translated plagues. Interestingly, Jesus has been curing people of plagues and of evil spirits. So Luke gives us this big list. Jesus has been doing all of these things recently in Galilee. Verse 22, then he gave the messengers their answer. Go back and tell John what you have seen and heard. So apparently these messengers of John the Baptist, the disciples of John the Baptist, have been watching Jesus do some of these miracles that Jesus is doing in Galilee. So Jesus says, go back and tell John what you have seen and heard. And then Jesus gets more specific. Here's what he says. He says, the blind see again, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, 
the good news is proclaimed to the poor. So Jesus here lists a whole series of things that the Jews in his time had come to believe the Messiah would do. So he's going to help the blind see again. He's going to help the lame walk, raise the dead to life. So he's listing a whole series of things that at least some Jews at the time understood the Messiah would do. And he basically says to John's disciples here, look, I'm doing these things. Go and tell John that I do match the description of the Messiah. Jesus could have just answered the question with, yes, I am the Messiah. He could have just said that, but he probably answers this way because he knows it's what John needs to hear. He knows that John needs specifics of the things Jesus is doing and how that matches the messianic expectations. There are certain passages in Isaiah in particular, so it's all through the book of Isaiah, but particularly chapter 35 and chapter 61, it predicts what the coming Messiah will be like, and it does list things like helping the blind see again, the lame walk. So it is in the Old Testament. It does specify that the Messiah would have these healing abilities. And if you remember in chapter 4 in Nazareth, Jesus confirmed in his opening speech what his mission mandate was. In chapter 4, verses 18 to 19, he said, I'm here to do all these things. I'm going to help the blind see. I'm going to help the lame walk. So once again, Jesus is confirming that he is the Messiah that he claims that he's going to be. Now, interestingly, Jesus' response here, the things that Jesus lists, not only does it match some things in Isaiah, it also has some striking similarities to a manuscript that was found at Qumran, where the the Essenes live, the ones who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Essenes are a fascinating group in many ways, and in particular because it seems that when everyone else in the time has wrong ideas about the Messiah, the Essenes get pretty close they have predictions about what the Messiah is going to be like that turn out to be almost entirely accurate when Jesus comes along. So they had this interesting perception of the Messiah, which was very close to what the reality turned out to be. So there's a fragment here which mentions the anointed one, and then this fragment at Qumran that lists the Lord's marvelous deeds. It lists to give sight to the blind, to make the dead live, and to proclaim good news to the poor. So this is a document written around the time of Jesus, but just before Jesus, about what the Messiah would do. And it pretty much matches the list that Jesus himself gives here. So Jesus' answer is consistent with what other Jewish expectations had about the signs that would accompany the Messianic times. Jesus finishes in verse 23 by saying, Happy is the man who does not lose faith in me. Or another translation there is blessed, Blessed is he who takes no offense at me. And blessed basically means fortunate. So we have here a beatitude. Matthew lists a whole series of beatitude at this, on the Sermon on the Mount. And here we have another one. Happy or blessed is the man who does not lose faith in me. Or we can translate that who takes no offense at me. Here we seem to have confirmation that John the Baptist has become discouraged in prison and lost faith. Why else would Jesus say, happy is the man who does not lose faith in me? He's sort of contrasting John's reaction with the reaction that he hopes people will have to him. Jesus here says that there are blessings for those who are able to maintain their faith throughout trials. Happy the man who does not lose faith in me. So here, Jesus basically says, and this is the message he wants John's disciples to take back to John, I'm here, I'm the Messiah, and John the Baptist needs to realize this and put his trust in me. So he's challenging John the Baptist to rethink it, and to once again put his faith in him that he is the Messiah. And we know that Jesus has a very high view of John the Baptist. In fact, he goes on to say it in the very next verses. So we shouldn't see this 
situation here is Jesus looking down on John the Baptist or seeing him as weak or something, because he clearly doesn't see him that way. It's just that he knows John the Baptist needs reassurance. And so Jesus specifically says the things that he knows are going to reassure John while he's in prison. So from here, Jesus continues to speak about John the Baptist in the coming verses. In fact, he goes on to say that John the Baptist is the greatest person ever born. It's quite an amazing claim, but that's exactly what Jesus says in the next few verses. Now, you can hear this next section of text on Thursday of week three of Advent. However, that particular date on the liturgical calendar, Thursday of week three of Advent, it only occurs in some years because of the way the dating works around Christmas. There's certain feast days that occur on the days leading up to Christmas. So it's only in some years that Thursday of week three of Advent uh, gets to be placed on the calendar. So you'll hear it in some years, but not all years. Let's now turn to the Catechism to see what we can learn from this Luke chapter 7 here. So paragraph 547, this is about the signs of the kingdom of God. Jesus accompanies his words with many mighty works and wonders and signs, which manifest that the kingdom is present in him and attest that he was the promised Messiah. So here we have the Catechism confirming what Jesus said about himself. The signs confirm that he is the Messiah they've been waiting for. Paragraph 435, this is about Jesus Christ. It says, The title Christ means anointed one or Messiah. Jesus is the Christ, for God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He was the one who is to come, the object of the hope of Israel. So here it actually quotes directly from Luke 7 verse 19. He was the one who is to come, the one that John the Baptist wanted to learn more about. Lastly, paragraph 544, this is about how the kingdom of God is at hand in Jesus. The kingdom belongs to the poor and lowly, which means those who have accepted it with humble hearts. Jesus is sent to preach good news to the poor. He declares them blessed, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So the paragraph goes on from there to talk about more aspects of the poor people that Jesus has come to serve, which is one of the things Jesus lists here. I've come to proclaim good news to the poor. Thanks for listening to today's reading. I hope you've learned something new and hopefully you'll tune in again tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh,